first step is probably to find some KPIs, so some key performance indicators. What matters the most? You can start with those obvious ones. There's nothing wrong with starting there. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Larry Roberts back with another spectacular, we're going to go spectacular today, episode of the Readily Random Podcast. And it's fun today. It's fun for me, especially because I've got somebody here that actually knows how to do the role that I had when I left corporate America back on January 4th of this year, 2021. So it's going to be interesting to hear his take on exactly how the role should really perform and how you could benefit from the role. So let me go ahead and introduce you to Jack Tompkins. Jack is the owner of Pineapple Consulting Firm based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and he helps you analyze and visualize, that's kind of the kicker here, visualize your financial and marketing data in interactive charts, graphs, and dashboards. So you don't have to deal with the annoying data gathering, which so many of us hate to do, or even manipulating that data so that it makes sense when you look back at it. His goal is to help you grow profitably and efficiently by helping you not just know your numbers, through and through, but also visualize them to quickly get the full picture. And that's where all this comes into play, man. We're talking about business intelligence. And as I mentioned, you know, I was in this role back at at January 4th, before I left, I had the role for a couple of years there. And it's really interesting. It goes beyond just knowing the numbers, the visualizing the numbers, understanding the numbers, understanding growth patterns and predictability and all sorts of fun stuff are involved in business intelligence. And a lot of times, especially the small to mid-sized business owner, tends to overlook the data. And hopefully in our conversation here with Jack, we can learn more about how that data can help us. We can leverage that data to not only grow, but grow our brand, reach our customers, and just excel in this upcoming 2022 year, man. This is great stuff. So Jack, welcome to the Readily Random Podcast. Thank you very much, Larry. Pumped to be here talking BI, especially to somebody who has some experience in the role too. Can't wait to dive in. Thanks again for having me, man. Yeah, man. So give me your take. What what do you define BI or business intelligence as? It's kind of one of those words that's becoming more of a buzzword and you're totally right to ask. My perspective, my thoughts on business intelligence in general is basically just getting kind of a systemized, easy way to get at the numbers however deep you want to go and make it an easy process to understand them, to see them, to analyze them. There's a whole bunch of different ways we could go with different dashboards and different softwares and all that. But it's all just about kind of informing the business owner and informing the decision maker, if you will, with some kind of easy to digest data. Yeah. You know, over the years, I was essentially the reporting guy you know, we didn't really have a title, but he was reporting specialist, I think is where they, they ended up sticking me in the role. Cause I came in as a corporate trainer and we implemented this massive ERP system. And at the end of the ERP implementation, they're like, well, what are we going to do with Larry? Well, let's teach him how to write reports. So what the heck let's do that on this new ERP system. So I ended up writing reports for years and years. I brought on this young gun, man, he was going to take my role as I moved into a business analyst position where I was analyzing our processes and procedures and looking for ways that we could improve across the board. And well, he ended up coming in and really just kicking my ass because because <laughs> he, he ended up, I think last I heard, he has a master's degree now in business intelligence and data analysis and 
I mean, he came in and took BI. Really, he just took control of the entire department and just rocked it. Now, he's not the manager of the department, but the manager wouldn't be the manager if it wasn't for this cat over here. I can promise you that much. So help people understand more. We talk about dashboards and graphs and analytics. A dashboard, talk to us about that and how that can help make our decision-making process day-to-day as business owners easier. We could go all sorts of ways with this. And the example that I give is like, if you give a business owner just a black and white income statement printed out from the accounting department or whatever, they're going to say, all right, cool. There's a top line and a bottom line. And that's kind of it. And there's nothing really stands out, right? It's a black and white piece of paper. Nobody really cares. A dashboard, it's in your brand colors. It's got bar graphs of your revenue. It's got indicators of your up or down versus budget versus year over year and all this other stuff on it. So you can quickly look at a dashboard and Honestly, within 10 seconds, maybe even five seconds, you can get the full picture of what's happening. Now, you might not be able to get every single SKU if you're a product business and the different sales for that, but you can get the overall picture. And if you have a specific dashboard for every single SKU or every single service, you can throw it right there too. So it's it's meant to just give you that really good quality health check of your business at a glance. Yeah, and I think that's what so many of us are looking for is an overview at a glance. I mean, we're all running at 100 miles an hour or close to it, if not faster. And taking the time to sift through pages and pages and pages, as you mentioned, of SKUs and sales and whatever it may be, inventory levels, whatever you're looking at, it's just not something that most of us have the time to do, especially from an entrepreneurial perspective. We're too busy out trying to network and make connections and start joint ventures and all kinds of fun stuff standing back and looking at the numbers is like the last thing we want to do. But a dashboard gives you that overview. And also, as you were kind of alluding to, you have that opportunity to kind of drill down into the data at various levels or various breakpoints throughout the data that can give you the insight on a specific level as well, right? That's exactly right. I like to say that you can have kind of the overview, what's my revenue and profit, great, boom, done. And then for every layer deeper, you can have and a singular dashboard for that too. You can have one that's just SKUs. To your point though, if it's not quick and easy, business owners don't have the time for it. It's just, it is as simple as that. And dashboards make it super quick, super easy to actually get a hold of the numbers and actually use them. Not just look at them and say, all right, cool, that's a pretty picture. It's all right, cool. This one is really working and this service is not working at all or this marketing channel is not working at all. Let's change it or let's get rid of it or something like that. So you can pretty quickly inform your strategy or at least put some data behind your strategy just from looking at the dashboards. Now, one thing I learned though, is that when we're consolidating this data, because a lot of times the data is coming from multiple sources, you know, and especially as a growing business, if you're making that transition from maybe a smaller business to a mid-sized business, you may have a variety of different databases. You may have some Excel action going on over here where you've created some, some spreadsheets and what you call your inventory. Then you may have access sitting over here. It's another data point. You may, you may have all sorts of different locations for this data. It can be very overwhelming to take all these different data sources and consolidate them into one repository, which you can then turn into your dashboards or however you want to turn up your graphs and charts. Is that something that you do? Is that where you excel? You help people that are making these these changes and implementing this? Is that what you do? Absolutely. Yeah, it's very common too to have 14 different Excel sheets going on and all of them have some sort of scratch work and that is all too common. So I do love helping customers, clients, business owners, whoever it is, 
kind of consolidate all that into one place. You can get that all encompassing view of, okay, I've got my financials here, I've got my marketing here, and I've got the third area that I like to call as the operational data. So like hours tracking, delivery stuff, logistics, all that fun stuff. Getting all that in one place, I absolutely love to do it. And it's definitely a huge, huge value for the client. So what would be a good starting point if someone is making this transition, they're overwhelmed by, they know they've got all this data, but it's just going to waste. What's a great starting point for them to look at it, step back and go, hey man, maybe I need some help here. And what is that first step that they need to take? First step is probably define some KPIs. So some key performance indicators what matters the most and i'll use the basic example of like revenue and profit on the financial side or leads and conversions on marketing side anything like that you can start with those obvious ones there's nothing wrong with starting there and then you kind of build okay well i've got my revenue in quickbooks and i've got my leads in this other crm or even in excel or something where can i combine them how do they overlap and then that kind of starts the whole trend so it's, it's really just that obvious starting point of what matters most to your business, pick a few KPIs, and then start seeing the data flow to get into something like a dashboard. And is this something that we could start and run with, or is this something that's kind of an ongoing, almost like an ongoing maintenance type scenario? Because, to, to, I mean, a high-end BI expert is going to run you some coin. Can we hire your company or are there, are there ways that we could go about working with you or your company or those like you that could help us achieve these goals by leveraging our data? Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's kind of two ways that I work and, and other people that in my field that I talk with, they work pretty similarly. One is just a project. So it's kind of the one-off thing, boom, done. Here's your KPI dashboard. Have fun. If it breaks, let me know kind of thing. And a lot of cases, that's pretty good data with pretty good flow. And so everything is kind of automated from the start. Most people at some point will want to add to it or change it or, you know, whatever they want to do to it. So it becomes kind of a maintenance agreement. But if you really just want to look at that one thing, there is a project out there for it. Very cool. Very cool. Now, something that I've known, I mean, I'm kind of a more of a creative kind of guy, right? I mean, you're looking at my background, there's colors and toys and all kinds of craziness back there. And here I am looking, I'm in a data world. Is there a certain personality type where you go, you know what, uh, you might want to hire a consultant here and get somebody to consolidate this because this probably isn't in your wheelhouse. And the only reason I'm asking that is because over the last several years that I was in my corporate position, I pretty much hated my life. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought BI was going to be great because as you mentioned, you get to create these dashboards and this interactivity and it's all colorful and you're basically, uh, you're almost like painting a picture per se of the data, but there's a whole lot going on in the background to make that painting make sense. Would you recommend certain types of individuals lean more heavily towards going with a consultant as compared to jumping into this on their own? Because for one, the cat that I was talking about earlier, that dude is mind-blowingly smart. I mean, he way undershot himself when he came in to take over my role because he was amazing. And it blows my mind the the level of, you kind of got to have that analytical mindset right out of the gate to really leverage BI and even even understand the concepts behind BI. So what do you think in that regard? Should we kind of evaluate our own personalities as well and go, you know what, maybe I need to hire somebody like Pineapple Consulting to help me out. 
I'm going to say, yes, there are definitely personality types that it makes more sense to, because to your point, it is dashboards are a collision of art and science, which is great. But the bad side of that is you kind of need the desire to dive into the analytics as well, along with the ability and the desire to make the pretty picture, which not. See, I just want to make the pretty picture. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm like, oh my God, if I see one more, why isn't this balancing? Why do these reports not match? I don't understand. Why is George in accounting coming to me with a report from from Fran over in purchasing and go, why do our numbers not line up? Why are these two different reports? They don't match and they should be the exact same. All too common. Yes, I know. And golly, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is one nice thing about small business. Slight sidetrack is that the corporate world, every single department has 14 different ways to view things and no department ever matches up. Small business, there's like only one department that handles anything. So things match up more often than not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can promise you my accounting and my wife's accounting, two different types of accounting there. And we always have a lot more money if you ask me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like yours better then. But yeah, as far as personality types and just levels of creativity even, I will say that a super, super creative person might really, really need the numbers, but not see the value in the dashboard off the bat. Some people totally do, and they're fully whatever side of the brain that is the creative side. And they're like, I can't do the number side. Let's just, you do it and we'll take it from there. There's a lot of folks though that kind of have like, all right, I get the numbers, like I see the value, but I definitely don't have time to do it. And I probably don't have the skill to do it. You know, they, they mess around in Excel, but building a fall on dashboard is another story. Plus they want to be doing other things anyways. So there's definitely a personality type that gets it, but either can't do it or doesn't want to do it. So at the end of the day, everybody deserves a dashboard. <laughs> so what you're saying is that the, the business intelligence is a little more complex than maybe a VLOOKUP. Yes, just a little. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. And you can throw a lot of people off just by saying, hey, do an H lookup. And they're like, what? What? What is that? I, the V I got, but the H you're throwing me off, bro. What's up, man? So <laughs> right. <laughs> It's funny. I had to hire somebody. One of those skills was like, how good are they in Excel? And each lookup was one of the questions. So like, I don't, I don't, that's not a thing, right? <laughs> I have no idea what that means. What are you even asking? So sorry. I, most people just tuned out just now. So thank you for listening to this episode. I appreciate it. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, hey, man, one thing that really got me when we booked this call was that the name of your company is Pineapple Consulting Firm. And just a little fun little fact, that is mine and my wife's retirement goal. This is really cheesy. Of course, it's not realistic, but we want to retire and live in a pineapple tree and sell t-shirts to tourists in in Australia. So that's kind of that's kind of the thing. So, so we're all about pineapples. Now you're either you you have that a similar fantasy or you're a SpongeBob fan. So which is it? <laughs> I'm somewhere in the middle, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Maybe there is some difference there. So. I really thought you were going to say that you wanted to live in a pineapple under the sea, though. <laughs> no, no, it's pineapple tree selling T-shirts to tourists. That's that's our that's our dream. We used to drink a lot, but we don't drink anymore. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you'd make a killing in that business, though. My my rationale for pineapple was honestly it was kind of similar in the fact that pineapples represented like a true vacation to me. You know, drinking a pina colada on a beach out of a pineapple. I know small business owners don't really get to do that a lot or ever. So I wanted to be kind of like the welcoming thing. I'm, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina too. So Southern hospitality is very much a thing. So pineapples are a sign of hospitality. And so those two things combined are just, I want to create that welcoming image to where 
anybody who sees consulting company will think of like, you know, the skyscraper as the background on the website and Jack Tompkins and Associates, but Pineapple Consulting is different. And we, we're, we're here to help and here to get you on a good vacation. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's tremendous. I, I love the creativity that's involved there. And that's what speaks to me. That's what speaks to me there. So talk to me a little bit about how you made the transition, man. You have Pineapple Consulting, but you at one time were also in, in the corporate world, working for others, doing your business intelligence. How did you, what, what was it that you went, you know what, I can take this and, and leverage either the Microsoft BI suite or whatever it is that you may be using to start my own firm. Talk to us about that, man. So it was kind of cool. And it, it happens a fair amount that somebody in the corporate world says, wait, I can do this on my own. And that, that's the basis of my story. I always loved the analytics. Like when I was a kid, my favorite class was always math. And when I was really young, I didn't understand why everybody didn't love math also. <laughs> So <laughs> I quickly realized why. But what I liked about the analytics was I could now kind of share that gift of like, I'll do the math behind the scenes. You check out the pretty picture. I'll do the analysis for you. You make the decision. So I, I really liked that. And I could kind of do it in the corporate world and started making dashboards. And I was the go-to guy for that for a couple of different teams and stuff. And uh, I always had the entrepreneurial bug though. So I figured, you know what? Small businesses probably don't have access to an analyst, right? Or somebody who can make dashboards or something like that, an Excel expert even. So I put some feelers out in the market and got really good reception and said, all right, screw it. I'm going to go for it. And April of 2020, what I thought was the middle of the pandemic, I went all in and here I am, whatever, a year and change later. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because I, I remember the same thing. I had just gotten back from a podcasting conference at the, I don't know, mid-March of last year. And man, you know, everything hit, Corona hit, and I'm cussing up a storm because I'm thinking now I'm stuck in corporate America now for another three to five years or however long this pandemic drags on. But it was really amazing to see for certain businesses, it actually created other opportunities because everything started going in-house. Everything went virtual. Everything went online. And now opportunities to show up to events that weren't taking place because of corona, you could show up now online and be a part of it. So it was really amazing. It's interesting to hear your story, though, because do you do most of your work online as well? Is that how you handle most of your consulting? I do. Yep. I, I love meeting over coffee or a beer or whatever, but a lot of the actual work work is done virtually just in the office. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think that's something that there's a lesson there because, you know, as a content creator, going online and creating your content, eh, pretty cake. We were doing that anyhow most of the time <laughs> with the occasional networking event that was in person. But for other businesses and other lines of business, it, you may need to kind of stroke that creativity brush a little bit in order to more effectively make that transition. What were some of the key takeaways that you found in making that transition from corporate to essentially virtual entrepreneurship? Well, so corporate, you had the team, right? I went into the office and my team was right there and got to say hi to everybody, kind of got a sense for what everybody was doing. Virtually, obviously it's a very different world and everybody's in this situation now, but the entrepreneur part of that was, I don't have a team anymore. This is just me. Nobody's telling me what to do, which I loved. I absolutely loved kind of flexing that creativity muscle of, I'm gonna control my day today and I'm gonna go watch the Yankee game at night and then work after it or whatever I wanted to do. The virtual piece that adds even more flexibility because a lot of the networking events obviously went virtual. Initial meetings with potential clients, even if they're down the street, there's now almost like a tendency to do it virtual to start. 
Because on both sides, it's, hey, you know, we're going to meet for half an hour. I don't want to drive half an hour there and back for something that may or may not work. Let's just hop on a Zoom real quick. And I've I really liked that and fully embraced it too. Cause I've I now have clients all over the place from Arizona to Australia. And it's just whatever works for you works for me. If we're meeting at nine at night, that's fine. I'm happy to do that. And it just for me, both the combination of the entrepreneur life and the virtual world opened up, I guess what's called the true flexible work schedule, which is I'm gonna work when I want and whenever my client wants something done, I'll get it done, but it might be in my pajamas in bed doing it. <laughs> I'm wearing a hoodie right now. And and I'm actually, no, this is kind of what I'm known for. I went to Nashville last week and I had to wear a hoodie at the event that I went to because that's how people know me. They know the red hat, the goofy glasses, and which by the way are fake. I do wear glasses, but I, I hate the reflection of lights, you know, camera lights on the glasses. So I just wear frames because I also hate my face without glasses. So <laughs> got to find a way to make it work, man. We have to adapt. We have to evolve. And and I have no idea where I was going with that. Oh, the hoodie. Yeah, but you have to have that brand, you know, and I had to show up in Nashville. It's hot as can be outside. And here I am in a hoodie just so that people recognize me. So it's, it's, it's interesting how that changes things and how things evolve. Speaking of evolution, I, I know business intelligence and data and understanding data. I mean, I watched it evolve. Back when we first implemented the CRP system was back in the early 2000s. I was using Excel back then to write reports and do analysis. That evolved into Crystal Reports, became the Crystal Reports Cat Daddy. And they even called me Crystal Lair because that was my thing. You know, if you had a Crystal Report, you go to Larry, he can handle it. Then we saw business intelligence came in, come in and old Crystal Lair started to kind of go out with like all the old things do. You know, you just kind of fade away. So what do you see coming into the forefront, man? What's next on the horizon as far as business intelligence and understanding the analytics behind your business? I think a lot of it comes down to accessibility. So to your point, kind of the corporations were rolling this out years ago and it was all, let's get the fancy software and let's do all the stuff. Let's get out of Excel and small side. And I don't think Excel is going anywhere for a long time because it's, it's just, it's too customizable and everything. But the big thing I think for small businesses, especially is accessibility. And a lot of that comes with just like education of as business intelligence and data and even like artificial intelligence spread throughout corporate America, it's obviously a bit slower to take hold in the small business world, but it is definitely starting. And there's a lot of softwares out there now that are just, hey, let me connect your QuickBooks. I'm going to make you this default report and you can check out a dashboard and you can get this analysis and you can tell me what you want to look for and the system will do it. So it's, there's so many of those out there now there aren't a whole lot of the pineapple consultings in the world yet, at least that I know of that want to do like the custom analytics and stuff like that. But I know that there's going to be more soon. And I do have some like good partnerships with people who do similar things. So it exists and it's starting to take hold. So it really just becomes, it's getting a whole lot more accessible and easy to, to do just Google financial software and you'll find a million results for small businesses. And the other piece is it's becoming table stakes to have some sort of BI in your company and let the data talk to you. And it's not just a gut instinct business anymore. Yeah, because I mean, uh, there's there's predictability built into the analytics as well, isn't there? I mean, we can kind of get an idea of what we can expect, Al almost like forecasting, but it, it even goes deeper than just forecasting. Yeah, there definitely is. And like, not even gets into like an artificial intelligence, because I think that's, it's overkill for a lot of businesses, but simply just doing a little bit of analytics you can say, all right, well, you know, January of last year, we did this. 
because of these leads and conversions, stuff like that. Well, January of this year, you know, we can forecast that out however many months away it is. We can say, all right, well, we did that last year because of this. Well, let's do that same thing again. We should get a similar result. But what if we also tack on this extra thing? Then we'll increase more. So the analytics definitely, definitely does drive the future results too. Cool, man. Well, one of the things I like to do with every episode is make sure that somebody gets a takeaway, maybe an action item that they can put into place. What is something that someone could do right now after listening to this episode of the podcast to move forward in their business and and analyzing their data? Step one, kind of like the overarching goal is just give data a seat at the table. It doesn't have to control your business. Just hear what it has to say and it'll help you out. And how to get started with that is a lot of, like I was just saying, like the QuickBooks and every financial software out there and every marketing software pretty much do, they have some sort of default dashboard where they pick a few things that they think are important to you and you kind of get a sense of, okay, like here's how the data is looking and I get, you know, this is how it can work. Nine times out of 10, the results and the numbers that they pick for you, you don't really care that much about, but it's still good to get your feet wet with that idea. So I would say the big takeaway is give data a seat at the table and start off by just seeing what is kind of default already out there for you and then try and go custom. Cool deal, man. Cool deal. Well, man, this has been a really, it's been fun. Honestly, it has because going down memory lane and kind of thinking back to the days that I was struggling with the daters myself and trying to justify my existence with my seat at the data table. Tell people how they can get a hold of you and learn more about you and Pineapple Consulting. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me for starters. And again, absolute blast. Always love talking about this, which I know is weird. My website- It's a personality type. Right. It's a personality type, folks. <laughs> data nerd. My website is probably the best way to contact me and see all that we're about and plenty of examples and ways to contact me and stuff. And that is pineapplecf.com as in pineappleconsultingfirm.com. Stay with me on LinkedIn too. I'm always on LinkedIn. So always happy to talk shop. Any other data nerds out there, let me know. We'll we'll have a blast talking PI. You know, being a nerd is cool these days, right? I mean, look, I, I've got toys behind me for Christ. I've got a four foot Batman standing just out of the camera frame. I'm a nerd too. So nerding out is cool and nerding out in order to grow your business. I mean, how can you go wrong there? You can have all the fun you want to have. You can manipulate the data. You can you get some insight into some things that you may not have known was even going on behind the scenes until you step back and take a look at that data. So everybody, I highly recommend that you nerd out and you check out Pineapple Consulting Firm and reach out to Jack, make a connection there and see what he can do for you and your business. So Jack, thanks once again. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.